Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Hey everyone, it's Matt Frazier. Welcome to No Meat Athlete Radio. I am by myself today, no Doug here, but I do have a very special guest. Her name is Heather Crosby, and she's the author of the book Yum Universe, which is going to be coming out just a few days after this podcast goes live. So by the time you listen to it, the book may already even be out. Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. I'm really excited to be here. Great. Yeah, and it was it was an absolute pleasure to have you on as a guest on the No Meat Athlete Academy, which was... Uh, last month, I think, and there we dove mm-hmm. into lots and lots of like practical stuff. You're you, sure. I, I mean, what I've gotten just from leafing through your book, and of course from the I guess four years now of Yum Universe, mm-hmm. uh, is that you have lots and lots of practical solutions, like for for homemade, pretty much anything you want. I mean, not just food, like even like cleaning solutions and things to soak berries in and all kinds of stuff like that. So sure. we, we dove into a lot of that, and here, mm-hmm. you know, in a half an hour or so, I don't think we're gonna have time to go into a lot of that stuff. Uh, of okay. course, it is available for anybody who wants to go check out the No Meat Athlete Academy. But mm-hmm. what we'll do today is uh, just kind of talk about like your food philosophy because I think it's really interesting. It matches mine pretty well, but we have a few little differences. But I, I'd love to hear about others and just kind of like talking about where you see yourself in the in the spectrum on the plant based diet. Um, and then and then talk about your book, which is amazing. And we've had an advanced copy now for a few weeks, and we've made several things out of it. I absolutely love the book. That it, it's beautiful. There's so much good practical stuff in here, and and any food we've made out of it so far has been great. So I'm looking forward awesome. to just talking more about that too. <laughs> okay. Okay. So why don't you, Heather, share a little bit about your story? And I, we did talk about this on the Academy call, so this will mm-hmm. be a slight overlap, but. Um, just mm-hmm. give us like the short version of your story because I think it's a good one, and I think it kind of uh, it sort of provides a good context for for how your philosophy came about. Okay, sure. I think a lot of people end up at plant based. You know, they they arrive there in you know from different roads, and for me, it was health reasons. Um, I was raised on comfort, standard American diet food, and I never really ate vegetables till I was about nineteen. And when you live that way, you end up getting sick. And in my 20s, I was really struggling with some illnesses and I was getting diagnoses for diseases and told I would be on meds for the rest of my life. And it just really frustrated me that nobody could tell me why this was happening because I wanted to fix it. And finally, I was told meds for the rest of your life. And I was like, this is just not working for me. So I decided to figure it out myself. So I started researching and found that a lot of the symptoms I was suffering from were rooted in inflammation. And if I could change what I ate, I could potentially heal. And it was the first bit of information that I had where I could do something about it. So I had to just start eating vegetables, which was very hard for me because I never ate them. I mean, I would even, if there was spaghetti with ragu sauce, I would find the tiny onions and shove them to the side of my plate. So this was a huge challenge for me. Um, and I started out with smoothies and sweeter smoothies because I had a pretty raging sweet tooth at the time. But I still was able to get in the greens. And then eventually my palate started changing and I was able to try other foods and enjoy them and eventually pretty much get rid of all of my symptoms. The only times they ever come back are when I do things that I probably shouldn't, like go on vacation and eat a little too much sugar or get too stressed out. And now I kind of know why I have symptoms and I can reverse them and and make them feel better with my food so 
Great. So, and, and what you have kind of arrived at uh, is is gluten free and plant based. Why specifically mm-hmm. plant based? Why did you go that direction rather than you know? Because I hear paleo people talk about inflammation all the time too, and that that grains cause inflammation and all that. So, why why did you pick the direction that you went? Because it's what my body responded to, and I do think that everyone is different. For me, I feel better when I'm eating plants only. Um, and I think at the time I was looking for answers. I had a lot of herbivores in my life. So I kind of naturally started out that way. Mm -hmm. There have been times where I've tried eating eggs again and fish again. And while at the, it, it definitely doesn't feel as good. I feel better when I go back to plant-based. And then a few years after I was plant-based, there were a few things that were still bothering me. And when I cut out gluten, that made a huge difference. So this is just what works for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it works for a lot of other people too. I'm I'm starting to sense that. Um, And and what jumps out about your book for me, like when I hear, for the past few years when I've talked to people who eat plant-based and then I find out that they're also gluten-free, my response has always been like, wow, that must be really hard. Like just to, because I feel like we're already limited as plant-based, unfortunately. It's not a lot of options when you go out to eat. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it it just has always seemed so hard to me to do both of those. But looking through your book and from the food we've eaten so far, Mm -hmm. it seems like that's not a problem at all for you. Like you've really made that work i guess i guess just because that's that's what like i mean plant-based is totally comfortable now because you know for me because we've done that for several years mm-hmm. is, is it that way for you it's just like this is what this is what i do so this is this is kind of the constraints and and everything is easy mm-hmm. to do within that mm-hmm. right now the world isn't set up to um cater to herbivores and people who are gluten-free but there's there's such a demand for that and i really believe that the, the possibilities are infinite. And I know that's kind of a tagline I use a lot for Yum Universe, but I mean it. I feel like there are so many different things you can do with, with plant foods if you just look at it creatively and start breaking some rules. That's what I'm trying to do with the book is if, if people can you know, be acquainted with what can be done with vegetables and they start to build confidence in the kitchen, they can start to improvise and see that there are limitless possibilities for what can be done with plant-based foods. I think we're just, you know, conventional restaurants. We're used to having the animal proteins in there as the hero. And we just need to learn about how to create different meals for ourselves using plant-based foods. So, yes. And I mean, it's just wonderful for that. It's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's as healthy as it is. There's, Mm -hmm. it's like for a real cook. It's for someone who's really into home cooking. And I mean, and the whole first half is about why and how to make this sort of transition so i mean you have the beginner stuff in there but mm-hmm. i'm just leaving through now and my wife was was also looking at this yesterday a lot and pointing out some interesting things i mean there's like eight different types of cashew spreads that you have in here right, right. so it's not and like that's... just one like every other book including mine where there's one mm-hmm. thing that like here's what you use for cashew spread you have eight different ones mm-hmm. i'm trying to really show people what can be done and spark that creativity because i do think Everyone has it in them. They just at some point along the way, someone told told them you're not creative and I just don't buy into that. I think people just have to have the confidence to start breaking the rules and playing around. And with this book, with every recipe, I have the little tips at the end to kind of encourage people to take what I've shown you and to play and make it their own with, you know, ingredient substitutions and how they can make it work for a mixed dinner table. Like if you've got someone who's just eating plants and someone at the dinner table is still eating some animal proteins or dairy, how to make the one recipe um, without going crazy, making two different recipes. You make the one recipe with a few simple adaptations, you've got everybody satisfied. 
at the dinner table. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're just it's along those same lines. There's there's a bunch of different fancy dressings, uh, a bunch of different seasoning mixes, and mm-hmm. a sandwiches part that it's it sort of reminds me of like my formulas approach where where it's like you have a, a certain formula and then you just fit in the different pieces. Uh, yeah, it's not quite that, but you but you have that and you refer to mm-hmm. different different parts like how to how to just assemble the sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's an awesome book. I I really do love it, and we are excited to keep cooking about it or keep cooking out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And amazingly, even our son devoured last night the chickpea protein burgers is that what they're called yeah yeah, yeah but those were inspired he... from your book and i think i mentioned that in the recipe too oh my gosh i didn't even see that and my wife yeah. who cooked it didn't even tell me <laughs> yeah it's um <laughs> i i was inspired by one of the formulas from your book and oh, i thought that's awesome. that i would put, yeah mm-hmm. wow okay so so i'll cool. take credit for that from when, <laughs> I, right. when i talk yeah, to her again and i made our got our son <laughs> to eat veggie burgers yeah so that was the thing he doesn't eat veggie burgers he just won't do it i don't know why but he'll eat, really? he'll eat all the bread around it, but he won't touch the veggie burger. Uh, <laughs> oh, but good. yesterday we just we both looked up and realized he had eaten all of them. So um, thank you for that. Well, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so Heather, you are, I believe you're active. Would you consider yourself an athlete? Yes. Um. Wow, I'm very active. I I guess I I I could. I'm mm-hmm. not. Yeah, definitely. I work. I I definitely work out, and I do a variety of different things, and it's often so. Maybe <laughs> that's an yeah that's an athlete. You know, yeah. it's, it's funny with the no meat athlete shirt. It's like when we go to a veg fest or pretty much anywhere. It's not when people say, "Oh, I I want this, but I can't do it because they don't say it's not because I still eat meat. It's because oh, I'm not an athlete." And then I find <laughs> out that they that they go to the gym five times a week and do weightlifting and run and all and like um, that's 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 exactly what an athlete is to me. Uh, right. That's about the extent of what I do. I, mean, I don't do any more than that. Okay, well so, then I'll call myself an athlete. I just when I first hear it, I think of like Brendan Brazier or Rich Roll. Yeah, I know, of course. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but right. so, what do you think about this approach uh, for athletes? I mean, my initial concern when I when I st- was thinking about becoming just vegetarian for the first time mm-hmm. um, was okay. I'm not going to get enough calories. I wasn't that concerned about protein, but uh, calories. I was thinking I'm, it's just going to be hard to do that once you cut out meat. So it was mm-hmm. easy to. I mean, I found that that wasn't really that big a problem, uh, especially because because I would pl- replace it with tons of pasta and all that stuff. What about once you get rid of the the gluten? So then then a lot of the grains are limited. Mm-hmm. Do you think athletes can get enough on a diet like this? I have never been so impressed with what my body's capable of as when I've been plant based. Um, in my early twenties, I used to run a lot and work out a lot. And I always had pain, joint pain. Um, I didn't recover well. And just from personal experience, like I'll have a really intense boxing workout and then I have tons of energy to go for a quick run. And the next day, if I'm eating the right things, when I get home to recover, I'm ready for it the very following day. So personally, I find that plant-based diet works great for me. My strength, I'm able to build muscle. Um, I, I just really, really love it. Yeah. And I, I really agree with you. I mean, I think I sort of knew the answer to that question and I mm-hmm. knew my opinion of it. Um, I, I tried earlier this summer, I went to the Woodstock fruit festival in New York and we just did a full on fruitarian 80, 10, 10 thing where it was, oh, wow. it was of course completely gluten free because there were, mm-hmm. there were no grains whatsoever. It was just fruits sure. and vegetables. And, uh, everyone there, including how I started to feel about three weeks after into doing it, uh, said like that your recovery is amazing on this type of diet as far as athletes go. And there are really serious athletes like Mike Arnstein is the, the, the fruitarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's an amazing ultra marathoner. 
so I think it's like for a while there was the protein myth, and, and there still very much is the protein myth. But I, I'm really starting to think that now it's becoming a calories myth too. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got a long way to go with the protein thing before I think we address calories and try to try to go that way with, with promoting this diet. Mm-hmm. But I think Brendan Brazier was the one, maybe wrong, I think he said it first in Thrive, first that I saw it anyway, where he basically, like, if you're getting the nutrients you need, then you don't really need the calories. I mean, of course you need calories to live, but you, of course. you can get by on fewer calories than you might think if if the calories you're getting are really nutrient dense. And of course that mm-hmm. goes along with Joel Furman's whole health equals nutrients divided by calories where sure. maximize nutrition in the fewest number of calories. That's how you, how you optimize health, assuming you're getting calories above some certain baseline and also below some certain baseline, then right. that, that formula works. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. For me, I, I don't count calories. I really focus on making sure that everything that I eat, the calories are nutrient dense and nutrient rich and certain types of calories before and after a workout, but I never count calories. And I find that everything's working out for me. And if I feel a little bit off, I know that I need to add a little bit of something else. Um, But I don't get all hung up on counting calories. Yeah, that's just me. And I think that's a good thing. I think Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't Maybe maybe in cases where where the extreme weight loss is required, then then maybe it matters. I don't. I honestly don't know that much about that, but I'm sure there are success stories the other way too, where people who sure. just started eating whole foods and listening to their bodies. But yeah, it seems like if you're just eating whole mm-hmm. foods and you're and you're paying attention to nutrient density a little bit, like choosing mm-hmm. choosing vegetables when you can over fats or or just grains and things that aren't going to be as nutrient dense. Um, I think when you do that, your body just starts to you. It gives you the right signals, and it tells you when it's full, and like it just things kind of work out that way. Yeah, it it uses what it needs when it needs it, and it will ask for what it needs when it needs it. Right, I think. Yeah, and I think I mean I think super elite athletes um, will differ in some cases, of course. And and you know they they need to keep track of every single calorie, perhaps because if they're off by just a little bit, it's going to mean a few extra pounds or something that that totally affects mm-hmm. their whole livelihood and everything else. Um, sure. But I don't even know. I don't know if Brendan Brazier, when he when he was competing, if if he was counting calories at all or not. His book certainly didn't make it seem like it. I mean, he just talked about right. making two thirds of the plate vegetables and the other. I mm-hmm. forget how it was, but didn't seem like he did there. Yeah, I don't recall that he was right from reading that. Mm-hmm. And we also we have in common that he was he wrote the forward for each of our books. He did. We've we've he's just been a really great cheerleader since the very beginning for me. Yep. Um, he yeah when i had my launch party for the website years ago he supplied me with some cool stuff for the gift bags cuz he was just kind of starting out with vega at the time and he's just been great i'm honored that he wrote my forward yeah exactly the same thing for me from the from the very mm-hmm. beginning he's been supportive and would do like interviews when my blog was i don't know 6 months right. old or something and had, had nothing to offer you know for him yes totally but, uh, same with me <laughs> yeah so he's he's been amazing and uh, mm-hmm. it's very cool mm-hmm. all right so on this topic of food philosophy, which we're kind of jumping into a little bit here, sure. Uh, who who would you say has influenced you? I, I was looking through the book and I saw some some big like pull out pull quotes from Michael Pollan and a mm-hmm. few others. Uh, maybe a Dr. Furman mentioned, but where 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 does food philosophy come from, and how how did your ideas kind of get shaped as you were searching for answers? Well, I was kind of I was devouring a lot of books. I definitely read stuff by Joel Furman and Michael Pollan and the China study. And a lot of, I kind of glean from each one of them what, what I can try for myself and what works for me. Okay. 
Um, I really love Michael Pollan so much. Lately, I've been devouring Sandor Katz's work. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he has written two books on fermentation. Yes. And I'm really, yeah, I'm really interested in the, you know, what's going on with the microbiome and how, you know, how to work the bacteria thing as far as eating more fermented foods and gaining the benefits of that. So that's kind of where I'm at these days. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like the fermented food stuff. I, I really like and mine. My, my, uh, I don't know, interest in it has not really come from the nutrition standpoint as much of like that. It's just fun to actually make something that takes a little while to make and that, you know, you sit and let ferment for a while. It's amazing. It's like kitchen science. It's yeah, so fun. Right. It's and it just so feels fun. like, I mean, I, I guess people weren't doing that too long ago because it probably was a, I mean, I, I don't, I have no, know nothing about this when different, different food technologies came about, but uh, it just mm. feels like you're doing something. I don't know. And when I do that stuff, I feel like it's like I'm doing right for my family and like making food the way you're meant to actually make food. Uh, it just, it just feels good. It feels yep. like cooking. And, and I, I've kind of missed ever since I went vegetarian, I kind of lost some of my passion for cooking. I have no idea mm-hmm. what the reason was. I think I've just kind of gone the, the simple route of like my food has, has approached the simplest possible, quickest possible meals like rice and beans and just that sort of thing as a, as a typical meal instead mm-hmm. of the big fancy extravagant food as entertainment thing so doing stuff like that that really does take a while it just it just feels good it's kind of back to to cooking and like you said kitchen science it's just it's just fun to do yeah it's it's what our as humans i think it's what one of our priorities in life should be is feeding ourselves and reconnecting with that again by making fermented foods is really powerful more Mm -hmm. than just nourishing yourself with food there's something really great about just getting back to that simplicity and that biological, you know, programming to create your food. I think that's what gets so many of us into trouble is we're really disconnected from making our food and we don't make it a priority. There's such a glorification of I'm too busy in in our culture. And I think that's why so many people are are ill. Gotcha. All right. So where do you see yourself as far as not just where your book fits in, but where your whole philosophy and position fits in here among other plant-based cookbooks and bloggers and authors uh it's you know i i just am fascinated by the different approaches and the people who are totally oil free and then the people like brendan brazier who are much more into oil um people who are gluten-free and people who think that's that's not that big a deal just like who's really similar to you as far as cookbooks or is there or is there no one or are you a mix of a few people i'm definitely a frankenstein of a lot of different approaches i think for sure um and i I'm really just interested in introducing the possibilities to people. If you still want to eat animal products, I'm fine with that. If that's what works for you and that's what works for your family. I just want to, I'm just really interested in helping people figure out how to get more of the good stuff in uh, so that eventually the bad stuff gets squeezed out and people are starting to feel happier and healthier. So Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about the book a little bit because I think, it, okay. as I said, it's wonderful. And like when I looked Thank at it, you. I was I was just shocked at at how much work obviously went into it. I mean, I mean, I know how much <laughs> went into mine, and like right. mine is is fairly standard compared to this. I mean, it has the text. Your book part. is wonderful. You well, have a wonderful you. book. Yeah. I appreciate that. But I mean, like the the design of it is is like there's the text part, and then there's the recipes part, and it's and there's training plans, but there's nothing really that that was. Uh, you know, they had to fight the publisher to get them to do or, or anything other than like the the shirt photos on the inside and outside covers. Mm-hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. But even that, they, you know, they were very happy to do that. But yours mm-hmm. has like certain pages. There's dog ears that are that are colored in. Right. There's dog ear this page. Yep. Um, and like just lots of pictures that are going to the margins and going to the page and different mm-hmm. charts everywhere and how to demos and like every mm-hmm. page is looks like it's a different layout. Mm-hmm. I mean, did, I, did I wanted to make it fun. I did. In my other life, I was a designer and. Mm-hmm one of the reasons I chose to go with Ben Bella as my publisher is they told me that I could design it myself. And oh. that was huge to me. I didn't know what I was getting into because writing the manuscript alone was such a challenge and, you know, something, right. it was very rewarding and I loved it, but it, it was really a challenge. And then I shifted into the whole design thing. So it just, it was it's been a long year, but I'm very proud of it. Um, but I wanted to make every spread something fun. I wanted to keep people excited about it and really pack in as much as I could and try to answer all the questions that people have before they were asked. So. Right. Great. Well, you did a, an amazing job. I mean, it, <laughs> it really you. is such a perfect, comprehensive, like everything you wanted to know about this diet whether you're someone who's brand new to it or you're someone who's been doing it for a while. I mean, there, I think mm-hmm. there's something here and I don't, it sounds like I'm, I'm just gushing about the book, but I think it, it's awesome that, that the, the first half is the, the information there and the way it's laid out, I think is, is perfect. So you did a great job on that. Thank you so much. One of the things I definitely wanted to do is I, you know, the recipes are actually the easy part, but I think that for as far as putting out a book, I think that a lot of people, They'll have an inspiration for why they want to consider eating more plants or going plant-based, and then they can find the recipes. But like connecting those two points with the how is the really important part because the transition's the hardest part, and that's why I have that whole section as kind of the heart of the book. Absolutely, and we should not neglect to mention that you're also a fan of habit change type of things, like I am. Yes, we talk about that all the time on the podcast, much. and mm-hmm. uh, I see you've. You've mentioned Charles Duhigg and the, mm-hmm. the power of habit and the habit loop idea and all that stuff, which I think is so crucial that so many people, including especially really the uh, the vegan doctors like like the Joel Fermans and, and T. Colin Campbell, like I think – I don't know. I love what they're doing. I love their yes. work and I love what they have discovered about food. But just telling people, okay, here's this super extreme diet, extreme by any other measure, you know, what most people are used to eating, and basically you have to do it or, or you're going right. to die. I mean okay. it's like – it's it's overwhelming for people and i think it can be a huge turnoff for people and and i think it's really important that we're able to take this on in small chunks so that we can observe what's happening on a day-to-day basis and if we're overloaded with all of these things that we need to do and then we make a few mistakes and then we start to resent it we fall off track so my approach is really to just make this enjoyable because I think what we eat and our approach to food is a really personal thing and it can go on for a lifetime and we can change our mind and then come back to it. It's just day one day at a time, I think, is the way to make this work for yeah, people. I think so too. And, and I understand why the people from the medical profession aren't don't have that same mindset because they often do have people who can't take it one day at a time. You know, like they may sure. die tomorrow if they don't of take course. it this way today. So mm-hmm. I, I totally get why they're, why that's, you know, their background has kind of made them that way. But I'm so glad to see that people are, are embracing the idea of, of how do you, they call it compliance. How do you Im- improve compliance? And, and it seems that, that taking small steps uh, is, is one of the big keys for that. So I'm, I'm really glad that you put that mm-hmm. in there. And that in general, that people yeah. are starting to pay attention to that sort of thing. I think so too. Yes. All right, so how long did this book take to do? 
Like to, mm. from start to finish. Um, my gosh. Well, I spent a long time writing the proposal for it, and then I would say, and then I started last summer, kind of in July, and I pretty much it went off to the printer around June or July. Okay. So pretty much a year. Okay. Yeah, a year straight. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm amazed that you did it in a year. It's it, it just it to me seems so much more thought out and in depth than than I could imagine someone doing in a year. So that's that's yeah. awesome. Thanks. I pretty much holed up in the house and just, yeah, I cranked on it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I, I saw Ben Bella because I'm just starting to think about a second book and like doing more of a of a recipes mm-hmm. thing. Uh, oh, you should. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, I saw mm-hmm. Ben Bella and I said, okay, so maybe if I do that, I'll get a book that looks like this. But it sounds like I'd have to have you on board as, a, as the no. designer to, <laughs> to make it actually look like this, huh? They put out some great books, but this one, as far as the look and feel, yeah, I I did this one, and I'm grateful that they let me do it. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's really nice. Now, I'm my publisher was was nice too. Most things that I asked for, I could get. I just don't know that's how to great. design anything. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's about it, Heather. I mean, I I don't know what else. I'm what else? What's your favorite recipe in the book? Just what's uh, you know? If, oh my gosh! Just to give people well, an idea, because I don't really want to read cool... all the names. They're they're amazing yeah, names, yeah. and I just can't go down the whole list here, but. Sure. I've got, I've got a couple that are really great for, um, that are kind of classics on the site. There's a creamy quinoa and kale salad. Um, that's kind of like Mac and cheese, but instead of noodles, you've got the kale in there. And that's one of the most popular ones on my site. And I revamped the recipe and included it in the book. And then I also have a quinoa tacos recipe that a lot of people really like. And then there are some really fun breakthroughs because I was messing around with this ingredient called psyllium husk, which is a great gluten replacer in baked goods. So I actually have a loaf of bread in there and some crepes that don't crack and dry up. They're really bendy and they're just like crepes. And um, yeah, it was fun. That awesome. was a fun Very day. Very cool. Yeah. We made the pancakes too and they were a hit. Um, oh, great. I like them. They taste. They tasted to me way different from typical sweet pancakes, but they're more like that, uh, I don't know, like, like buckwheat pancakes or something like the type that you get mm-hmm. in in a not IHOP place, right? But like yeah, really home cooked pancakes, <laughs> and they're and they're good. I really did like them, mm-hmm, and our kids cool. love them too. And I have a compote recipe in the book, and I encourage. And a lot of the recipes I refer back to other recipes. You can try adding them together. Mm-hmm. So that that pancake recipe isn't as sweet because I encourage you to use that cherry compote on it, which is very sweet. So awesome, and. One more thing we haven't mentioned yet, just that we mm-hmm. talked a lot about in the academy was was kind of storing food and how do you yeah. uh, handle food so that it lasts long. And you also have a nice section on that. So that's mm-hmm. a really important thing. And I think just kind of drives on the point that this is really a, a manual for eating the, this way and kind of being a healthy live you know healthy living person. Like even if you're not vegan, if you were just kind of into right. whole food nutrition mm-hmm. uh, and just living in a you know natural lifestyle type stuff, there's so much here. So I, yes. I would highly recommend the book. Uh, as Thanks, we said, yeah. it's going to be out. On, what's the actual release date? It's next Tuesday, October 28th. And I actually, I've, I've developed a bunch of bonus materials too, if anyone's interested. There are three ebooks that you can get with extra recipes, content that wouldn't fit in the book. There's a welcome packet. I also have some how-to videos and a whole bunch of stuff on the site. So if anyone buys the book, they should make sure they register for that stuff too. Cool. Can they get that by only by pre-ordering or just, just ordering in general and then... Um, ordering in general, but pre-order okay, cool. helps. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, so if you're listening to this yeah. podcast and it's still one or two or three days before the book comes out, mm-hmm. uh, just go pre-order it somewhere. It'll be there almost the same time as 
I mean, it'll take, you know, it's not going to take that much longer than, than it would if you just waited till the release date in order. So, right. But um, if they order, if they pre-order, I'm going to send out those, those bonuses a couple days before the actual release and they can just go to yumuniverse.com and click on the photo of the book. It'll take them to the page that they need to register for that stuff. Okay, great. So yeah, I would highly recommend that anyone who's listening to this do that. The book is amazing. Uh, I am a fan. And I really appreciate your time, Heather. This has been fun. Oh, this has been great. Thanks so much, Matt. I really appreciate it. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.